2: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Eric Ainge coming up here momentarily. He's the host of the Eric Ainge Show on WNML, home of Tennessee football. Of course, Eric was a quarterback there at Tennessee. Uh, we dug into it a little bit during the break. He was the quarterback of the last Volunteers team that uh, won 10 games. So it's been a while. I think uh, the fans now would love
0: to even sniff 10 games.
2: It's kind of like what we talked about the other day. It's, you know, you make some bad hires, and it just compounds on itself. And I'll tell you what. If you asked 2002 me if uh, it would go be that long before, you know, Tennessee won 10. Because Ainge was there in 07. Yeah. If it would be that long before uh, Tennessee won 10 games, I mean. 12 years. I would have called you crazy. Yeah, they live for football back there. They do. It's pretty but it's important. That, but it's not just that. I mean, they've won six national championships in their history. I mean, they were perennial, perennially – one of the best teams in the country and it's it's interesting how things evolve all right let's get out to the sprint special guest line uh, joining us now the man himself he is eric ainge host of the eric ainge show on wnml home of tennessee football eric thank you very much for a few minutes how are you
3: yeah of course what's going on guys
2: we're just uh, we're talking about the volunteers, and I was talking about how well, frankly, when watching your teams play, or back in the early two thousands, I mean, if you would have told me it would be this this long since the volunteers have won ten football games in a season, I would have called you absolutely crazy. Talk about the evolution of, of the program, and and really what's what's gone on to kind of uh, humble things a little bit for the balls.
3: Yeah, I mean it's been a long process. Uh, you know, you had. Coach Fulmer, who was my coach, who's now our athletic director, um, kind of ran out of town uh, by an athletic director with an agenda, and and Lane Kiffin comes and leaves, and then you start the cycle of, oh no, what do we do? And then you land with Derek Dooley, and then you know he wanted to leave right when Dave Hart took the job as our athletic director, and Dave Hart, you know, sitting there going, well, I just took this job, I can't do a football. You know, I I can't hire a football coach, so he comes back for one year and leaves. And throughout the process of a lot of people being here and leaving, and not wanting to be here and leaving, and not treating the program like it's you know their program, you end up with Butch Jones, which was the best you could get at the time. I mean, there, there were other high profile, well, higher profile candidates that looked at the job that just didn't didn't want to take on what they would have to take on. So you end up hiring Butch Jones and. And he worked hard, and he's a good guy, and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, that's you know, you kind of get what you get with with that. And now we got a football coach in Jeremy Pruitt. But I think you know he's having to learn how to be a head coach. He's a phenomenal coordinator, and uh, and I, I've been around him a lot. He knows the game. He understands football, and and how to develop young men and all that. But there's still, you know, we talked about it for for a couple hours on my show this morning, talking about. You know, we're still having, we're still talking about buy-in, and that just seems crazy to me. You know, there's still guys that you know aren't all on board, and he just dismissed a couple guys just the other uh, just the other day from the team. So it's kind of been it's been a lot. It's been a it's been emotional, and I think that they've been circling this game against uh, BYU for for a long time, and hence the the overlooking of Georgia State. And we're just not a team. We're not, nobody's good enough to do that. No one should do that. But we're definitely not good enough to be overlooking people. I mean, we were a five win football team last year.
0: So, Eric, how would you evaluate the overall talent in the program right now? Is this a group that could explode on any given day and just needs to be organized, like you were talking about?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, the team that I went and watched practice in training camp was not the team that. That we saw this past Saturday against Georgia State. I mean, we have plenty of guys. When we talked about it, you know, the, the you guys know how it is. The off season is the season of of all the lists and power rankings and and all that stuff. And uh, and Tennessee. I mean, we for for the most part. I mean, we start four and five star recruit players at nine or ten positions on offense and defense. I mean, there's plenty of talent out there. A lot of it's young, um, so you take your lumps with that. But a lot of, the, you know, young players make plays too. And I have to remind myself all the time, just because guys are new doesn't mean they're not awesome. You know, Tim Tebow won a Heisman as a sophomore. We watched Trevor Lawrence last year. Uh, there's guys at positions all over the field that play at a high level young. Um, so we've got plenty of talent, man, plenty.
2: Eric Ainge is with us here on uh, the Big Show on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the Zone. So with that loss to, to Georgia State last week, how much pressure is that fan base putting on the Volunteers for this week against BYU?
3: I mean, it's a it's a must win football game, and if it's if it's not a must win, if you're going to take it down one notch, it's a must notch all the right things and show the progress we thought we were making type football game. Meaning, you know, if we, if we can't move. Uh, BYU's offensive line and defensive line, and if, if they're making, I mean, they got Zach Wilson's a good player, and if it can come down to us getting there at the end, and you know, you got, you know, BYU makes a fifty-fifty catch in the end zone, and we lose, but both teams took care, took care of the football. Bottom line, it needs to look, be a good football game. It needs, you know, Auburn, Oregon type type game where you're sitting there going, man. We want to get upset that we didn't win, but did you see how good Auburn's defense was I mean you know the, the other team gets paid to their own scholarship too that's the only way that I think we could justify a loss because'm not I don't, I'm afraid that our, I don't think our team has the mental toughness to go into Gainesville as a one and two you know a one and two football team and go get a win on the road in the swamp I mean we haven't done that since. 2003, and I'm afraid if you're a one in 3 team heading into a two-week bye week to go to Georgia, to play Georgia, that the season could go off the rails in a heartbeat. And I just, so that's, it's not necessarily, we must win for the immediate implication, but they need to win so they can allow themselves to have a chance to have success.
0: We're all aware, Eric, of the passion of Tennessee fans if the volunteers fall behind in this game, is there a chance that the friendly confines could uh, get aggressive and uh, end up, you know, uh, expressing their displeasure?
3: Um, if it if it's if it's for lack of passion or effort or I mean, no one wants to hear their guys say that we you know, probably didn't prepare enough for this game and stuff like that, like we did last week. Now, there's no, I've never seen a team look past a team and then get to the team that they were waiting for and and look past them or not be prepared. So I fully expect our guys to come out 100, like 100% shot out of a cannon, dialed in, focused, prepared. I expect you to get our best shot. Um, Unlike Georgia State last week, who who didn't get it you know that didn't get a shot. I think BYU is going to get our best effort. If that's not the case, then I do think the scenario you are presenting would be would be accurate. And I don't know that I would blame us. I mean, who were everybody should at least expect that their team is physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually prepared for battle. And we weren't last week. So as long as we are for that I think people will get over uh, if, if if BYU makes some plays. Along That's okay. Along, they make some plays.
0: Yeah, along those lines, Eric. Uh, I, I mean, I was reading somewhere in someone's judgment, however they measure this stuff. I don't know, but they said that the uh, loss to Georgia State by Tennessee was the fourth worst loss in college football history. I mean, <laughs> if, if that doesn't get the attention of folks, so that you do bring your best effort, I don't. I don't know what would.
3: That's kind of where it, that's kind of where I'm at, and regardless of where it falls in in the ranks of UT or college football history or anything like that, it was I, I almost Georgia State had some players that made some good plays and they had a good plan, but I deleted the film, guys. I didn't even break it down because I, I believe in football. If you're one percent off your game, then you're a hundred percent off your game. And if you are going into the game like like our guys did, I don't even need to see it because I honestly don't have any idea how good they really could be. I mean, I, I would imagine that BYU fans um, that are watching this game, if if we were to get a lead or we were to be the team that made some plays or caused some turnovers or anything, you know, I, BYU fans would say, you know, this team lost to Georgia State. They were a – you know, they won two games last year and – and look what they're doing to us. And then you got your BYU fans would have, start having a freak out. And I don't necessarily think that that would be right either. You know, I kind of think that it's. Yeah, you know, I don't know how good BYU is. They had to play one of the better defensive football teams in, in Utah last week, right out of the gate. I mean, you're for the first four games for the Cougs this year. It's worse than anybody in the country, assuming Tennessee is the team that we think they'll be.
2: Eric Ainge is with us in 97.5 and 12.8 of the zone. Eric, I guess what really surprised me about the Georgia State game was uh, how Georgia State just ran the ball. I mean, 213 total yards uh, on the ground. Uh, I suppose you don't need to go back and watch film uh, uh, on that uh, t- to say that uh, they ran the ball effectively. Interestingly enough, BYU, I didn't think, ran, ran the ball enough against Utah, so I would expect them to, to try and correct that against Tennessee. But I guess my question is, you know, giving up that, that rushing on the the ground is that the focus you're talking about or is it something that's harder to fix
3: no again i I really don't know it's been it's been a hard week to to host a radio show because all of the things uh, your your question that you just presented is a completely valid question my answer is i really I, i don't know um because I, I believe I believe in football. When you go into when you enter the kickoff or a fight would be a good example. When you enter the fight, thinking that you're just going to go out there and, and beat them up, and then you take four hits to the face and you're a little woozy, and then you have to go like it. Just you're so off your game, and so so much adversity at one time that you're going. Wait a minute. Um, and then you're playing catch-up the whole time. I I just, I really don't know how good our defense is and how good our players are um, because what we saw last week, I would have, I'm glad I don't gamble, I would have bet my house that would not have been the case based on what I saw in practice. But they didn't bring it in that game. They've been waiting for this one. I I really don't know. I won't be surprised either way, I guess, is what I'm saying because, it, well, that's not true. If it looks like it did last week, I'll be surprised. I would expect us to have a significantly better plan and approach and uh, execution in slowing the run game down. You're not going to completely eliminate uh, BYU from being able to run the football, but I do, I do agree with you. I thought they were going to run a little too soon last, uh, last week and a half ago against Utah.
0: Eric, uh, if this team is what you might have guessed it to be, what are the strengths that uh, that football fans in our listenership area can look forward to in that game? What should be the strengths of this Vols team?
3: The strengths should be our quarterback, our wide receivers, our three-down tight end, and our three-down running backs that can play in all phases and run hard, catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, we should be a really difficult team to cover, um, and we should be good enough up front. I mean, we have an offensive lineman who has blood clot issues, um, but if Trey Smith is healthy when he's healthy and playing, I mean, he's a top 10 or 15 pick in the NFL draft this next year. I mean, he's he's incredible. He's the best. He was the best freshman offensive lineman I've ever seen, and I. I played with two that were all Americans when I was in college. Uh, so we have one. it's all there. Jim Cheney is—he you know, didn't forget how to call plays. You know, he's been coaching football forever. He had Georgia in the playoffs, and uh, with, with a freshman quarterback, you know, and Jeremy Pruitt—he didn't forget football. All these guys should—I mean—that that, all those things should be our strengths. That's why I think we're—I think you know—if we can beat BYU and get, you know, right to ship real quick and everyone settles down, I mean, we should have a really good football game down in Gainesville. I mean, I just, again, I don't know that we're not going to beat BYU with that kind of attitude that I'm saying, but I do think it should be a good football game. And if we don't win, we better be ready for a four-quarter fight because some of those guys on BYU's team, they wipe butts. And if you're a dad, you're you're automatically tougher. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Amen to that. Uh, Eric Ainge <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> with us on 97.5. Jake, Jake's got a, a two year old, so you
3: uh, know it. Yeah, I, I know. Oh, oh, yeah, I got a nine, six, and four months, man. It, oh, changes, man. it changes
2: things. <laughs> uh, this is just a, a personal curiosity question, Eric, but, uh, you know, you've had uh, an uncle that uh, has done some things at BYU. There are some cousins, you know, that have done a few things at BYU. How closely do you keep track of the Cougars? It sounds like you keep track pretty close.
3: Oh, yeah, no, I have a. Uh, I, I, I always joke with people because they'll say they'll say something about Danny, and I'll go. You guys got to remember, Danny is, is their Peyton. He's their Manning. He's their Peyton. And they're like, Oh, okay, totally. I get it. I get it now. I get it. <laughs> no, I, we, we we love we love Uncle Danny. I'm looking forward to 2023 because uh, I'm gonna. I don't know who of my family or what how much of the squad will go, but I'm looking forward to coming to Provo and enjoying enjoying a football game though too.
0: Eric, do people back there in uh, in that neck of the woods know anything about BYU football, or is it just sort of a curiosity coming in? These teams have never played.
3: Nah, I never played. But I think I think BYU has a more uh, un, it's an understated, under underrated brand uh, when it comes to all athletics. Um, but it's, especially in football, I mean, you guys have had more uh, Heisman Trophy winners than we have. You got one, right? Yep. Yep, we got none. So that alone right there should be what I was talking about today on the show, actually. Um, This is going to be a lesser-known brand of traditional football, but you guys have been around forever, competitive forever, and the last thing that our guys are going to do is sleep on you. In fact, I think Georgia State was the beneficiary of the fact that BYU's coming to Knoxville this weekend.
2: He is the host of the Eric Ains Show on WNMI, home of Tennessee football. uh, NML, excuse me, uh, home of Tennessee football. Eric, uh, we're really appreciative of a few moments. Thank you very much.
3: No no problem, guys.
2: Thanks, Eric. Eric Ains. Sounds to me like there's a whole lot of confusion back there right now about who the Vols are. I appreciate his honesty where where he says, you know, I don't know. Because I'm sure there's a lot of that going on. A loss to Georgia State for a program like that, I'm sure you're looking at it going, man, I hope it's because they didn't show up and didn't try hard. I hope it's not something more catastrophic. But uh, for him to to not make excuses and simply say, you know, I don't know. We're going to find out. I I appreciate that. We're talking about a program that draws 100,000 fans. There's going to be some pressure to win there. Well, (laughs) And this it hasn't
0: all? gone that way, and it's uh, this. I, I don't know the accuracy of these kind of configurations as far as <laughs> you know how uh, the fourth worst loss in college football history. All I know is that Georgia State is not a quality football program, and the Vols just got beat on their home field by that team. So something went horribly wrong, and. Can all those problems that cropped up against a bad football team be
2: corrected in one week? Hmm. Probably not. However, you hear him say, see, Tennessee football, they have the tools. They can, they can recruit. He said, hey, they've got four and five-star guys for the most part across uh-huh. the board. I mean, you, you've got the tools to succeed. You're in the best conference in college football. And so it, that's, that's the big mystery, because I've said this for a long time, Gordon. Beware the underachieving team. You know, in the NBA, you never want to get the underachiever in the playoffs, because at some point or another, they are capable of achieving. Mm-hmm. You want the, I, give me the plucky overachiever any day. Because you, with the underachiever, you just never know. If, if somehow the right buttons are pushed, all of a sudden they could go to what they're capable of being, and all of a sudden you can be left in the dust. But there's a reason a team is an overachieving team, because they do focus, because
0: they do dial in. do They, they do uh, work together. There is unselfishness on the team. That's how it happens. So, I mean, I might take the underachieving team. Because yeah, they might they
2: might put it together, but there's <laughs> there's a reason we're looking at them as being underachievers. There's always uh, a ce- there's always a ceiling with the overachievers, though.
0: Uh, there's that, always only so
2: much that they can do. Well, I, I think BYU
0: is picking a beautiful time to play Tennessee. This team has a lot of problems, and whether they put it together or not, they, like you said, is a giant mystery. But Based on what we saw a week ago, this team is not organized right now, is not ready to fulfill whatever potential it has. And BYU going in there against a marquee program at a historic stadium with all those fans in it, I think the place might turn nasty
2: against the orange, not the blue. Are you surprised that Tennessee's a four-point favorite? I saw three. Is it up to four now? I looked probably 20 minutes ago and it was oh, at four. okay. It was three and a half this morning, so it's going that way.
0: Well, so uh, that's home field advantage, right?
2: Or is it just a, a bunch of um, moron gamblers out there, the public, who be. just have heard of Tennessee, so they're betting on them? <laughs> yeah, although, although what they've heard recently about Tennessee <laughs> wouldn't inspire a whole lot of confidence, but would I, it? I would guess that the Sharps are all over that line in favor of BYU. I bet you the, the folks that actually know what they're doing, I bet they're jumping on it big time. Do
0: you think what BYU showed against Utah would cause people to do that? Or is that solely
2: based on uh, Tennessee's inability to get out of its own way? Well, a line moving like that would, would lead me to believe that a bunch of money's coming in on Tennessee for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And usually with the gambling public, it's not as sophisticated as what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. I I would guess the people that are paying attention to that sort of thing are jumping on BYU. Well, it, it makes for a fascinating matchup, doesn't it? Uh, I want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing Heating and Air Conditioning. They're looking for skilled HVAC technicians. They're looking for plumbers and electricians to join the Action Superhero team, paid training, health, dental benefits, and a 401k match. Call today and join the Action Plumbing Superhero Team. 801 833 3333 Action Plumbing. Stay tuned. We've got more coming up next. It's the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 975 and 1280 the zone.
1: This is DJ and PK.
2: The
0: drama at the FIBA World Cup. The U.S. looks like they're going to escape. As DJ said, that was a knuckle-biter. It was. <laughs> <laughs> he said that at the break. A little higher up on the digits. Nope. They wore away the fingers <laughs> and the nails
1: in regulation. A it was n- knuckles and the A knuckle-biter. Yeah, it was a knuckle-biter. Right here, right here. Here.
0: Oh, man. Now that they won, that's a toe licker. Catch
1: DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Monson, Jake Scott. Big thanks to Eric Ainge for joining us in the last segment. He joined us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. I I, I've got a little PSA for everybody out there and then we can move on to some other okay. things, Gordon. Change out your razor blades regularly. Do you do the thing where you, you're reluctant to change out your razor blade because you think like, oh, I can get one more shave out of this thing? You know, it's true. I've been using it for six months, but I can get <laughs> I can get one more out of this rusty thing. You bet. Yeah. The problem is, it starts pulling your uh, your whiskers out, right? I I think I I sliced my jugular today Ooh. shaving. I'm exaggerating a little bit, I but, but I, I cut a, my neck a bleeder. And so I I I had a very important meeting before the show today with uh, our boy Tom down there at the warehouse. Uh-huh. Uh, fun things coming, by the way, from. From the warehouse, so Good. stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, you know, going to meet with those guys. We uh, got a bleeder. My, da- my daughter just bought a couch and a TV from
0: Tom down there. Oh man, They're I tell every-
2: I tell everybody I know to go to the warehouse. Yeah. Like, don't don't even don't even bother going anywhere else. But anyway, or if you do go anywhere else, just write down the price and then go talk to. Tom. So it wouldn't stop bleeding. Oh, so I'm 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 trying to stop it. You know, on the way down there, I've got my my paper towel and I'm holding it against. Did you it. did you take the little thing and just blot it? It was more, like, at, at first I did, yes. But then it overwhelmed the, the toilet paper square pretty uh, quick. And it's it's bigger than that. It, it was a nasty one. What were you doing? Were you just not paying attention? No, I'm telling you, it's it's because I've been using the, the same uh, blade forever. Because right. I, I just, you know, I can get one more out of But anyway, point being, I, I walk up like, hey, Tom, because I thought I got it stopped. Hey, Tom. And he, he just goes, first words out of his mouth, wow, you're really bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> and So I spend the whole meeting like with a paper towel up to my neck, you know, trying to. And I, we need a tourniquet. So then I, I come I come to the studio right after and, uh, and I, you know, sitting here doing my thing or whatever. And uh, I see Austin for the first time. And Austin doesn't, I don't get a hello out of Austin either. I get a, oh, wow, you're really bleeding there. I've got a Band-Aid if you want one. And so now you, you I, now I Band-Aid on the next guy. You didn't have a Band-Aid there? What, what were you doing? Well,
0: usually- Just bleeding I, out.
4: <laughs> usually when I
2: nick myself with my razor, right, you, you do the toilet paper square, and then you wait for it to dry, and you pull the square off, and, and usually you're pretty good to go, right? Mm-hmm, so I just mm-hmm. figured it would stop itself, and I'd probably have like a- you know, some dried blood on the neck or whatever, and it wouldn't look terrific, but I didn't right, think right. that I would be. Look more you know, scab like. I didn't think I'd be just pouring blood all over everywhere as I'm sitting there, you Did know, talking to one of, our, one of our favorite clients. Uh, no, no, no. no I, I'm pretty good. But that's, uh, I'm grateful Austin gave me the band aid because I probably would be covered in blood. At I didn't this even moment. notice. But now that you mention it, I do see that band aid on your neck. And I, of course, I talked to Lloyd before I talked to Austin, and Lloyd didn't say anything because, you know, you don't care Lloyd's. You out the, right. He's the type of guy, if your flies down all day, he's not going to tell you about it. <laughs> you know what that
0: reminds me of? One time, our good friend Kevin Graham. Uh, it was back when Bowler used to have uh, various media members on, uh, what was that thing called? Sound Off or something? I'm not sure. Uh, the show he had uh, on a weekly basis on Sunday night. And so Kevin was scheduled to go on, and so he was shaving before he went, and he did the same thing. And through the whole show, he was bleeding. He was in the studio, on camera, bleeding. And he had, like, a sponge in his hand or something, and he he kept holding it up to his neck. And uh, it was not... uh, Something you don't usually see, uh, short of a horror movie.
2: It always happens to me at the, the worst possible times, like when I'm shaving for a purpose. Yeah. Like I've got to go somewhere <laughs> where, you know, and, and it, that's always when it happens. Never when it's just routine, like I'm going you think into work. it usually work. takes to stop that? Usually it only takes a couple seconds for me. But today I had a whole car ride from my house to the warehouse. <laughs> and still. And then a whole meeting. <laughs> and I'm still just profusely bleeding. <laughs> I bet that happens to a lot of guys. You know,
0: they want they're shaved. They're, they, they want to look all crisp and clean and ready to go for a big meeting. There it goes.
4: See, th- this doesn't happen to me the Dole blade and all that because I shave my head every day. So I go through razor after razor after razor after razor. I don't use the same one your over head? and over. Uh, when I first started doing it,
2: yeah. Oh, wow. I was gonna say you're, you've got some skills these days. I rarely. I do it
4: blind. Don't yeah. even look at
2: it. Yeah. You, man. I never see a nick on that dome over there. Well, then well, I use I'd, the straight edge on the beard you, line. But you switch out your razor after every use? No, 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 no. Okay. That would be expensive. Every 10 okay. to 12 days. Oh, okay. All right. But anyway, you I had that happen months? today. <laughs> Promo just, code pie. Just uh, in, horribly embarrassing. And, and with me, it's because I, I always think, well, I can get one more shave out of that. Hmm. And where I should just, you know, change out the blade. All right. But yeah, uh, see, I pictured Jake with the old barber
4: shop, (laughs) straight edge with the leather strap, just every morning. Just
0: have you ever gotten a shave, a straight razor shave? Just gone to a a barber. Uh I hear it feels really good. I've never done that. I,
4: I can't. I, I hear it feels good too. I hear yeah. it's a great time, but uh, I would panic the whole time. Have you seen those razors? You look like Sweeney Todd
2: out there. <laughs> there's a lot of trust involved there. Yeah, well, yeah man. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot yeah, of I've trust. Seen, involved. I've
0: seen enough westerns where the you know the cowboy hope he doesn't goes sneeze, there. <laughs> and the guy is you know he's got the, the the razor and he's got the leather strap and he's sharpening it. Okay, you know?
2: wait. I, I've got a I've got a would you rather for for Austin. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm famous for my would you rather's around here. All right. Would you rather hit your thumb with a hammer? And I mean, I mean, really get it—like lose the nail, hit your like, thumb. At least Ow. possibly lose yeah. the nail. You know, I mean, really get it—not a little, not a little. I like, winged it, but smash I mean, it. I mean, really get it where or, it's going to hurt. Or allow Lloyd Cole to give you a straight razor shave? <laughs> nah, I'll smash both thumbs. Are you kidding me? He can run over my
4: thumb with an F one fifty before I'm letting Lloyd near me
0: with a. Well, straight there's a edge. couple problems with that. One is that Lloyd's got a mean streak. And two, we don't know his skills. Right. We don't know how, how good he is with that straight razor. How do you think you would do? I've never used one of those. I know people who use the cup with the, with the soap in the bottom and a brush. And you ever tried that? People that are living? Yeah. Wow. And then they lather up, you know, and then they shave themselves. But I don't know anybody that actually does it with a, with a single edge.
2: How about you? Smash? Were you taking the thumb
0: or, or Lloyd? the thumb taking the thumb and that would hurt like you know because then you got to drill a hole in your uh in your nail to let the the blood come gushing out but you you know you wouldn't get your
2: it'd be sliced up yeah but maybe lloyd's really good at it we'll get lloyd in here let's find out i mean lloyd used to you know sell treadmills that qualifies you for uh... a <laughs> Maybe uh, a straight could, razor shave, maybe right? We'll do a charity
0: event or something, you know? Lloyd could, uh, you know, give people shaves and we could raise some money. Donate for, or Lloyd shaves you? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah.
2: Give us a hundred. Not donate out. and That's Lloyd for shaves you. It us a hundred dollars, or you're getting the shave from Lloyd. Let's go into a good cause. And I, you could set
0: up a, a barber chair down there on the plaza somewhere. Hmm. Just have people lined up. Why would people come? To donate for a good cause.
2: Well, then Lloyd's not shaving
0: anybody. (laughs) Maybe some people want a good shave. Or, you know. From Lloyd?
2: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe Lloyd has a real steady hand. I don't know.
0: I think, you know, now I think we all need to go to
2: to a barber and get a shave. And try it out. Can he get that? Do they still even do it? I'm sure they do. I'd pass out.
4: Really, I would I would straight pass out. You'd
2: have that much anxiety. Over I it? don't
4: even shave my I don't even shave down on my neck. I only shave up because I'm so afraid of cutting my neck.
0: Huh? Let alone one of those Bowie knives. Which would you? Okay, speaking of, would you rather? Would you rather have to shave your face or shave your legs? What? Don't we shave that, our face a lot? That yeah, but that's what a lot of women shave their legs, right? Mm-hmm. So which do you think is riskier? Which have one you, you Have
4: you ever shaved your legs?
0: No. I have. Were you swimming?
4: Uh, no, it was for Mr. Lancer back in the day. You shave your legs, and then you have artists paint on your legs, and whoever's legs has the better painting on them wins the competition. Oh, you yeah. guys do
2: some weird stuff up there in <laughs> <That's> you? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> do some really. We're well weird rounded, stuff. Jake. <laughs> what would you rather do? Shave your legs, or shave I, I, her I her feel shaves. like your face is more delicate.
4: Uh, it hurts when you cut your leg shaving. I know that. Hmm.
2: All right, we want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. <laughs> More Would parking. You Rather coming up next. <laughs> Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water. Plus, no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. Diamond Airport Parking. More straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
1: This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton.
2: Tyler Huntley, I think this guy has the capability to have explosive weeks. He proved
4: that to me last year. I want to see in these next couple of weeks if now he can become even more consumed with exactly what this offense looks like while playing in it, snap after snap, and if he can polish that. Both of these things can be true. The idea of Tyler Huntley was making the easiest possible decision and just taking the first thing that came his way. That can be true the same as well, that's all it took to beat BYU. And there will be a time not this week against Northern Illinois, but there will be a time this season that if Tyler Huntley does not graduate from what he did against BYU, it will cost the Utes. Tony
1: Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network
2: big show 97.5 1280 the zone gordon monson jake scott quick update during the break lloyd said he's very confident in his straight razoring skills didn't alter Austin's opinion any,
0: So, So maybe we should reconsider. Maybe we should uh, go with a uh,
2: shave. Over smashing your yeah. thumb with a hammer. Who wants to do that? Oh. It's time for the Not Sports Port, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, LHMusedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Well, we're going
0: to, well, let me start this by saying this. What are, the biggest, what are some of the biggest mysteries that you think of? In terms of uh,
2: around the world, hmm. biggest mysteries yeah. like uh, like uh, the lost city of Atlantis, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some that come to mind? I'll uh, put you on the spot.
2: I don't know. Amelia Earhart disappearing. Okay. All right. How about Bigfoot? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Stonehenge. What that was all about? Or do we know more about that these days? Apparently, scientists have
0: drawn closer to uh, the Loch Ness monster and the mystery involved there. Okay. Does that... You've seen the picture. I have. Of Nessie out there in the water, right? What do you think it is? Do mm. you think it's a prehistoric creature? No. Austin? Yes. <laughs> you do not, do you? Me, yeah. You're not sure? I think it's big. Hoax. What do you think it
4: is? You think it's somebody in a suit? I thought it was debunked, wasn't it? Didn't
0: it wasn't this proven to not be real? Well, apparently researchers have gotten involved now. And they have checked the water of the, at Loch Ness. And they have found no DNA of any kind of a creature. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. They have found no DNA from catfish or sturgeon or stuff like that. Okay. You know what they have found a lot of DNA of? Eel. Drunken idiots? Eels. Uh, eels. Eels. So some people are now
2: hypothesizing that Nessie is really a large eel, a giant eel. Mm mm-hmm. hmm. That would make more sense than a prehistoric monster to me. Do
0: you have any experience with eels? Uh, sure. What, what's your experience with an eel?
2: Um, I've encountered a couple uh, in the Chesapeake Bay. Yeah. I've caught an eel in the Chesapeake Bay before. It's kind, of, it's kind of disconcerting when you step somewhere when you're in the water and you feel a, like a slither <laughs> right out from under you. It's like, whoa,
4: hey. Have you really, Jake, experienced eels in the Chesapeake Bay or were you trying to cut Jake uh, Gordon off at the pass here? No,
2: I legit have. But of okay. course, you know, Gordon has too. But Have I talked about that on the air before?
4: I, I, I've i not heard it, huh. but I thought maybe Jake I had. I told you trying about to the snake it. that wrapped
0: itself around our outdoor, out, outboard motor yes and the but the, the name of the motor was no no I no 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 that was an Evan I oh lost, my my No, bad, no. Yes. I lost my Johnson also but the, but this was an Evan Rood. Ah, there it is that's your fault buddy no at least we got there and can move on <laughs> all right well they think it's a big eel that's that's what the, that's what the uh, the science is showing. That they they have found a lot of, in every test they took, they found eel D, DNA. So they don't think it's a prehistoric creature. So there are they eels don't in lots of nests. They right? don't what think is? it's a big fish. They don't think it's uh, you know uh, some sort of large animal. They think it's an eel. Okay, but
4: that would be disconcerting too. An eel that big? I want to know how much money and time was spent on this project. They wasted. On this well, project. why
0: would we be wasted? People want to know the answers to these mysteries of, uh, of our, our, our world. Don't you think that's a waste of money?
4: Mm, yeah. How about we fix the wait time at the DMV? How about we uh, do use our time in ed- that? Th-
0: th- th- the guy quoted in this story is Professor Neil uh, Jamel, a geni- uh, genetist, that geneticist, is that how they say that, from New Zealand, a uh, university there. He says, people love mystery. We've used science to add another chapter
2: to the Loch Ness mystique. Did you a say big eel. He's a scientist? Because it kind of sounds like he's a grifter. Geneticist.
0: <laughs> I want to know. Don't you? No. I mean, I'm not thinking, I wasn't thinking that that Nessie was really like the Loch Ness
2: monster. And I, I'm not sure, I don't think Bigfoot is a is Bigfoot. Do you? Well, this this kind of thinking is exactly why you're going down to Storm Area 51 in a couple of days. <laughs> Do you believe in like the abominable snowman? No. You think these are all just made up stories? I'm thinking in today's day and age, if this sort of thing existed, we'd probably be able to find out about it.
0: So you say, Ixnay on the Loch Ness Monster, Ixnay on Bigfoot, uh-huh. Ixnay on the abominable snowman. Uh-huh. Why can't we
4: find out if there was a second shooter or something that actually matters? We have to focus on Loch Ness and and
0: Bigfoot. You mean the the Warren report didn't do it for you there? No, it? not really. Oh. You know, I used to I used to be with you on that, but I think I've come to the conclusion that it was uh, that he acted alone. And that that whole magic bullet thing is a little weird, but uh, maybe an eel helped him. I don't know. <laughs> They're slimy. You ever seen an electric eel? Uh, not a, uh, out of the aquarium, yeah. That would be a little frightening. Give you a good zap.
4: Have you ever eaten eel? I have not. Have you? No, I haven't. I thought maybe <laughs> one of you two from the Chesapeake Bay and uh,
2: ed <laughs> Evanrude. No. Oh. What would you call? What do you call it? Ed-a-rood. <laughs> have you never heard crab of crab cakes and football? That's Maryland. Of,
0: have you ever heard of Evan-rood Motors?
2: Do I look like someone who's heard of what's Evan this, Motors? This guy's a land lover. Yeah, Austin doesn't strike me as a boat guy.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway. I've so, seen a boat. The, the, what's that thing with those T-shirts you say, on a boat? I live on a boat or something? What was that? Was that some sort of musical thing? It said on a I'm, boat? I'm on a boat?
4: or I. It's from a, a short. I think it was an SNL skit with Andy
0: Samberg. Oh, was it? Oh. All okay. right. Okay.
2: Look it up. Anyway, there you have it. The Not not A big old eel.
0: That's what they think the Loch Ness Monster might be.
2: Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, we will talk some college football. We will talk some jazz basketball as Team USA was back in action with a big win over Japan. And the NFL is starting this week. We have NFL football on the Zone Sports Network tonight with the Bears and the Packers. And so maybe we'll mix in a a little NFL, including a new... mm, Example of incredible stupidity. We'll get to that. Stay tuned. 97.5 and twelve eighty of the zone. This is this, this is Hans Olson and Scotty G. What
1: you want. So Antonio Brown got into a little bit of a skirmish with Mike Mayock because Mayock, find him. Guy didn't show up at camp, missed a bunch of practices because of his helmet, all other kind of issues he was dealing with. So Mike Mayock said that he is not practicing with the team right now. Most likely will be suspended. you know, Scotty, this is a good time for this to happen. You know, it's early in camp. They'll still beat the Broncos, though.
0: So. <laughs>
3: oh, no, they won't. Yes, they, no, will. they will. No, When is that game? That's on Monday. I don't know if it's Bobby A. Bear, if it's Bobby Brister that's quarterbacking for the Broncos. But I could guarantee to
0: you. They're not going to lose they're, to the uh, lowly uh, Raiders. Don't, don't this for me. You're coming in way too hot here.
1: <laughs> you see where his confidence is. He's He's like, like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> easy. <laughs> Calm down over there. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.